Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. Well, good morning, Thrive, and Merry Christmas for all the people who love the peppermint mochas in the house and the decorations and everything. Thanksgiving's over and it's Christmas season, although my wife says I'm the Grinch. But Merry Christmas to you guys. Aren't you excited to be in church today? Come on, this is awesome. I, I was just in worship just right now with the rest of us and, and just feeling like God is doing something. God's doing something. I'm, I'm excited for what Jesus is doing. And so for those that do not know me, my name is Pastor Chris. I'm one of the pastors here on the team and uh, very excited for what I believe God's doing the whole month of December with kids choir and Christmas wishes and, and just everything that's taking place. We're having a candlelight, all the announcements we talked about. I just believe that in this season that it's not just really activity, but I think God's going to do something really special. And I was talking about that with our team a while ago before we started service today, that I believe God's going to do something really special. So today, I have the privilege of kicking off a brand new series entitled Fear Not. Go ahead and turn to the person next to you and say, fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Don't be scared. Pastor Eric always says that. And so do me a favor, stand to your feet. We're going to read the word this morning. We're going to read the word. We're going to jump right into this. We got a lot of Bible to read. And go ahead and go to the book of Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. 26 through 38. We're going to read 12 verses. And so you're, do, you're going to do your reading for the day, I promise. Anything extra is extra credit, okay? And you'll be all right. Here we go. Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. And it says this. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy... God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Come on, somebody. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. Verse 31. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Verse 34. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who, was, who is said to be unable to conceive in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. Last verse. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Jesus, we just come before you, and we ask you that this morning... And this series we're about to start, and, and whatever we're going to talk about in the next few minutes and the next few weeks, God, that it would not just be uh, planned by a person, but Holy Spirit, you would speak, and you would move, and you would interweave. I pray that I would get out of the way, and that you, Jesus, would communicate what you want to say to your church and to your people. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in the room, and we pray that you'd get us ready. And in Jesus' name, the Thrive Family said, amen, amen and amen. Awesome. And so we are going to be going through, for the next few weeks, 
uh, the Christmas narrative, which is appropriate. It's Christmas season, right? And we're going to go through the Christmas narrative uh, through stories in the Gospels related to the Christmas message. However, as I was preparing and I was praying uh, to kind of figure out what we were going to talk about in the series we were going to preach about and teach about, uh, which I'm really excited for. Pastor Eric gave me the privilege to let me kind of prep this one, and so hopefully it goes well. Uh, but what, what I realized was this, and, and before we even get into the, the text, is I, I don't know about you, but fear is a really big struggle today. And I feel like holidays are just super triggering. Let's just be honest. And I feel like it's just because we got family members that are just triggers, right? Come on, let's be real. You all just had Thanksgiving. You came to church today because some of y'all had to repent for what you said at Thanksgiving. I know I did. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But but in all reality, uh, uh, Christmas time... Uh, holiday time could be hard for some families and, and hard for some individuals. And, and really, uh, let, me, let me just share a little bit of a backstory before we get into the text and why I really felt like God wanted to spend just a few weeks on this that I feel uh, that is super important and vital for the person who would choose to follow Jesus. And for me, that's so important because in everything we do as a church, whether you're new, whether it's your first time and you've never came before and you filled out the connect card today, or you've been here since the beginning, since we've started, um, one of the things I've discovered is you cannot serve God to the capacity that you're called to serve Jesus if you have fear in your life. And I'm not talking about being scared of like snakes or spiders. Anybody? Anybody? I watched Home Alone last night, so spiders are on my mind with, with Zadok. And, and, or snakes. or No, spiders. He threw up the spider on the dude's forehead. That's right. You, you, can't, you can't, like real fear. The fear that cages you. The fear that binds you. The fear that, it, that traps you mentally. The fear that keeps you from doing the very thing that God called you to do. When Jesus, right, when, when you're in the middle of worship, like a set like today, anybody love just good worship, right? Amazing. God's moving. You're all crying. I'm going to see a victory. It's yours, Jesus. Right? Come on. You know the stinky face. For all the San Jose folks in the house. No, but I'm talking real, like, like the presence of God's just in the room and, and everything's just moving. And you know what happens? There's this, there's this outward expression of worship and we just worship God. And then, and then out of nowhere, God just speaks. And then he tells you something you don't like. And sometimes because we've allowed and not even on purpose, we've allowed the enemy to speak into our life in ways that he's not supposed to. We've given permission to a person who's never supposed to have permission. Right? It's like letting your five-year-old drive the car. We begin to let fear dictate decisions instead of the relationship and the calling of God on our life. And what I realized is during COVID, fear was at an all-time high. 
And, and obviously, rightfully so, it, it was kind of scary. We had no idea what was going on and, and people got really sick and people were losing their jobs and companies were closing down and we didn't know what was going on. And, and, and what, what happens in society normally is when there is crisis, the fear level rises because crisis, we talked about this a lot last year, crisis will only reveal what's on the inside already. Oh, see, so this side, you gotta get that because there was a, like five mm's. Crisis reveals internally what's already happening. So even for some of you, if you're like, man, it was just really hard last year. No, there were things that are already happening internally. The crisis just revealed what was already hard. And so, and so, and so a lot of people really struggled with fear. And I believe that God wants to talk to us for the next few weeks on this topic because I believe that God doesn't want to have his people live in fear anymore. I believe that if you are going to be healthy and you are going to follow Jesus and, and you are going to serve him and, you're, and your family is going to serve him and, and we've been talking about legacy uh, for the last like eight, nine weeks and you're going to have a legacy of, 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 of a Holy Spirit, passionate, driven uh, family that's going to follow Jesus, that's going to pursue God, there are going to be some things that are scary and you're going to have to choose Jesus over the things that you're fearful because the only way you're going to move forward in your walk with Jesus consistently is you will have to confront the fear that is in your life that will try to stop you from doing what God wants you to do. And so during COVID, I remember the weekend of COVID, I don't know how this happened. We bought a house. I don't know. God just got us in. We got in the house on the 12th. I think the weekend of the 12th, and then everything got locked down on like the 13th and 14th. It was, it was a miracle from Jesus. I remember uh, a bunch of men here at the house, uh, here at Thrive, actually moved us in. And I was just thinking, man, we, they could have all had COVID, and we didn't even know. <laughs> you, ever, you ever think about that? Like situations? Like I remember like going to Disneyland recently and being like, no wonder they closed this down. Like this is crazy. <laughs> we get into the house. And the first night in the house, my, my, me and my wife, and we're not really dreamers. My, my wife is a little bit, but I'm not. I, I don't know if you're like me, but when I go to sleep, I just go to sleep and it's just black and I wake up. <laughs> not that prophetic, right? Just, just, no, we'll save that for the other really spiritual people. <laughs> but I had a dream, and in the dream, um, and I, the details of the dream don't matter, but in the dream, there was, there was this situation that I found myself, and, and I woke up immensely fearful. And, and I, I'm not really like a scared individual. I think that's just because I'm short. <laughs> so I've had to conjure up a lot of courage. You know? When you're tall, I feel like there's nothing to really be scared of. When you're little, there's a lot to be scared of. So you got to just force yourself, you know? All the short people in the house say amen. I woke up, I woke up, and it's always like at three o'clock for some reason. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't know why. God's hour, I guess. I wake up at three o'clock, and I wake up, I think specifically in the dream, for me, the biggest fear, actually, this was the biggest fear, um, for me, was uh, I, I was praying for someone, and there, it was like a, like a demonic possession thing. I don't know why. It's just the way God spoke to me in this, this dream. And I couldn't pray for the person and cast the demon out. And that was really scary for me because I felt powerless. So it was, this, it was just this imagery of me feeling powerless. My wife, I wake up and I'm like, whoa, 
like, what the heck just happened? My wife wakes up at the same time. And she also had a dream of the biggest fear in her life and, and, and what that biggest fear would be. And we wake up and we start talking and immediately, you know it's real bad, like when you start praying with your spouse, you know what I'm talking about? Because <laughs> your spouse wakes up sometimes and they're like, babe, something's wrong. And you're like, go back, go back to sleep. You know, it's like we both woke up at the same time and it's like, all right, we're going to pray. And, and, and we immediately started praying against the spirit of fear. Not knowing that down, that, that two, three days later, COVID was going to hit. I feel like there's some people in the room and some people maybe watching online who have been struggling with this concept or this thing of fear. And let me tell you, you're not alone. Um, scientists and psychologists, this is, this is actually a thing. Like I was researching it and there, there's categories of fear. Do you know that there's over like a hundred phobias? That's so many. I didn't even know there was that many. There's like a hundred plus. And, and then when I was reading in articles, they were saying a hundred and counting because people just make stuff up that they're scared of. <laughs> Which is funny, but like, it's, it's also sad, but right? Like they just like, they're, 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 there's a fear of being scared. I didn't write it down. I was shocked. Because I know someone like that, I feel. They're just scared of the thought of being scared. They're, they're scared. And so, and so li listen, here, here's the top three. Here's the top three. I just want to bring these. The top three are, uh, it's called social phobia, attackophobia, and thanatophobia. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Thanatophobia. It's the fear of speaking in public, the fear of failure, and the fear of death. And, and, and why do I bring that up? Because what happens, listen, and we're going to get to the text right now. What happens when there's fear in your life but God confronts the fear. And so this is what Jesus does. Jesus is not going to get rid of your fear. Listen to me. He is not going to get rid of your fear at an altar call. What he's going to do is confront your fear by calling you to do the thing that you're scared of. Oh, someone's got to catch this. Because some of you have been waiting for God to take something away from you and God's been waiting for you to step up to challenge the thing that's keeping you from what you're supposed to do. So you have in this story Mary who is a young woman at this time and the Bible says that the angel goes to Mary and imagine this conversation. Imagine you as a teenager, an angel just shows up in your bedroom and says, hey, you're going to get pregnant. That's <laughs> like the Chris Goes International Ghetto version, you know, just like, but like, right, you're going to get pregnant. And, and, and I, just, I just love the whole conversation between Mary and the angel. And then Mary just is responding and she's asking questions. I was reading in a commentary and I loved it that uh, because in the chapter previous or earlier in that chapter, the Bible says that Mary's uh, cousin also gets pregnant. And the Bible says that an angel goes to Zacharias. And the Bible says that Zacharias was more shocked about the angel than Mary. But Zacharias was a priest and Mary was a teenager. And I love the fact that Mary in this narrative is having a dialogue with this angel and, and she's, she, she's just listening and she's open. But can I tell you that just because she's hearing doesn't mean she's not scared. 
But God saw fit that Mary was the person to conceive the Messiah. God saw fit that Mary was the person for the miracle to take place on earth, not because she wasn't fearful, but because God knew she would be willing. And that Mary already had such a close, in-depth, passionate relationship with Jesus. You think Jesus chose Mary on accident? No. Jesus, God chose Mary because there was something there. There was something real. And there was something in-depth. And that God knew that in this moment, I know I'm going to confront probably some fears in her life. But I also know that the fear that might hold her back will not hold her back because I'm going to be greater than the fear that's going to stop her. And so point number one is this. Let me just go through a couple points. Point number one is fear is not your friend. It's not. You cannot go on vacation with fear. You cannot go to dinner with fear. You should not be DMing it on social media. You should not be text friends. You should not be communicating with fear. Because when you allow fear to have a close proximity relationship in your life, you ever have a friend who always just gives you the wrong advice? (laughs) You know that one friend that you just know, like you ever have it to the point where you're just going to ask them to know what not to do? (laughs) Right? Like, I don't know what to do. Well, if, I know if I ask him and he tells me to do this, I'm just going to do the opposite. Because it's always dumb. You can't have fear as a friend in your life like that. The Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. The Bible says that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, peace, and a sound mind. A clear conscience. I don't know about you, but I hate driving in this fog. What fear does, it's it's like driving in the fog. And you just keep asking it to come. And you don't know where you're going. And that's what fear will do. Fear will blind you from what God really has for you. And so you can't, you have to today unfriend that friend on Facebook. Fear, you're not my friend no more. You have to delete the contact. You got to stop going on dinner dates and stop complaining to, and that's what we do. Fear loves to be fed into. Come on. Fear loves to be talked to. You know what fear does? Fear likes to chill with you on the couch and watch movies together. It loves to sit and brew and, 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 and you got it. You got to say, I'm, I'm, I'm done. This cannot be what's going to be in my life. In this particular story, Mary had to make a decision, and I could imagine as she's talking to this angel, and angel's telling her, you're favored, you're amazing, right? Because that's how the angel sounds, which is so cool. It's so amazing that God starts encouraging Mary, you're favored, you're highly favored by God. God has chosen you, and I can imagine Mary's thinking, wow, this is awesome, but then on the other side, fear starts to talk. And fear is probably telling her, but, but Mary, you don't, you, it's going to go bad or it's going to go wrong. And what, what's a 15-year-old? You're not married yet. And what are people going to think? And all the things start coming up to the point where even Mary asks the question, but God, how is this even going to happen? This is impossible. Um, the NIV says that God's word will never fail. I love, uh, never fail. I love what the ESV version says. The ESV version says that nothing is impossible with God. 
Mary's having to not choose the friend of fear and having to choose Jesus. Number two is that the timing doesn't always make sense. Listen, if you want, if you're struggling with fear in this room, if there are some things in your life you're struggling, and I, I'm talking deep fear, not, not just little phobias, but, but I, I, real fear. I know, I know one of the biggest fears of my life was that I wanted to get married. Uh, but I, was, I wanted to so bad, but then I was so scared. And the reason why I was so scared is because I was scared that I would be what my family was. And so because of that fear, I almost didn't get married because I was going to let the fear decide my path instead of what God put in front of me. And so like that, like I'm just giving you an example. I'm not saying that's the only one. I'm, I'm saying deep fear. And so listen, if, if, if God is wanting to heal some things in your heart and heal some things in your life and confront the fear that you struggle with, then what's going to have to happen is God's going to bring you a situation or a circumstance that will challenge the fear in your life. And can I tell you that the timing's going to really be rough. And the timing is not going to make sense. It's not going to be what we want it to be. Why? Because if it's what we want it to be, then we can control the situation. And if we can control the situation, then we can manipulate, this, can manipulate the situation. And if we can manipulate the situation, then now it's not even God's situation anymore. What becomes supernatural turns into humanized. And when you humanize the supernatural, there's nothing powerful or miraculous that takes place. And that's what humans have done for ages. And it's what they try to do to us as Christians is they say that there is not a, super, a supernatural element to our faith and to our belief and to our understanding. It's all just religion. But can I tell you that that's not true, that the Bible is founded on this supernatural, miraculous element that God is bigger than us. And so if God is bigger than us, then God can do things beyond our control and capacity. And what that means for you and I is that it's gonna, we have to allow him to do things that don't make sense. This is like the worst timing for Mary. You ever just have a... I'm not saying I was an oops baby, but it was really bad timing. My mom had me like at 15, 16 right? You ever just have a kid and you're like, well, wasn't planning that one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You ever, ever something happened in your life, you, you get let go of your job or, or something takes place, like COVID? I don't think anybody was like, you know, this is, this is a good year. <laughs> 2020. Yeah, let's just choose. That sounds like a great idea to shut everything down. No, it's not. The timing doesn't make sense. I love what Adam Clark says, though. He says this, and he says, at length, the moment has come, which is to give a son to a virgin, a savior to the world, a pattern to mankind, a sacrifice to sinners, a temple to the divinity, and a new principle to the new world. What it, that's really fancy, but what that's saying is God decided that it was time for Jesus to step on the earth. God decided that the fulfillment of the Old Testament needed to happen 2,000 years ago. God decided that he was tired of his people not being in relationship with him to the capacity that he wanted them to be in relationship with him. So he sent his son, born of a virgin, to die on a cross and rise again on the third day. God decided. And so if you and I are gonna come to the conclusion that fear is not our friend, 
and that fear needs to be combated and that God needs to cancel out and cast out the fear of our life, then what God's gonna do is bring you maybe into a situation or a predicament that is not perfectly timed, but can I tell you that when you're on God's timing, it's always better than your timing. And that God's speed is much different than our speed. And so God will make you go slower when everyone else is going faster, or God will make you go faster when everyone else is going slower. Why? Because his timing is perfect. And in the process of his timing, he is beginning to work inside of us and beginning to take the fear that is in our life. I can imagine that it wasn't... See, that's the beauty about the gospel. The gospel, not that it's just practical, but God is so relational. Yeah. It's the whole idea of the Trinity, that the, in the beginning was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and from the beginning, they were in perfect relationship. It's the reason why you and I can have a relationship is because in the beginning, there was relationship. And so I believe with my wholeheartedly that God was just not interested in getting his son on the earth and finding someone to just get pregnant, but there were things in Mary's heart that God wanted to do as well. Because God cared just as much for Mary as he did everyone else, because that's who he is. Number three, almost done. You guys with me? Awesome. And so if there's any fear we would talk about today, I believe that Mary had to deal with the fear of the unknown, right? Mary has a conversation with an angel and the angel introduces her to this grand scheme that God wants to do on the earth. And Mary says, how is this gonna happen? Mary has to fight with and contend with and battle with internally the fear of the unknown. And so can I tell you what the unknown is, which, which I believe is the greater fear? I don't, I don't believe people are scared of the unknown. Uh, go back one more. I don't think people are scared of the unknown, but I believe they're scared of what happens when they enter the unknown, that the unknown creates the fear of what if, right? Have you ever been in a situation in your life where you do not know what's going to happen next? And what you begin to do, because this is what I do, is then we begin to play the what if game. And can I tell you the what if game is dangerous. We can sit in that what if game for months. What if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? What if this? And, 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 and I can imagine that's what Mary is doing. I'm gonna get pregnant, but what if my husband divorces me? And what if my family shames me and, or, and embarrasses me and, and exiles me and excommunicates with me? What if, what if I get stoned? What if, what if they kill me? What, what, if, what if I can't raise the baby? It's God. What, what if, what if, what if? And, and that's what I've learned in my life personally, that that's what the unknown does. The unknown is not necessarily scary. It's that what begins to happen is fear begins to release all these what ifs in my mind. It's like a, like a grenade just went off mentally. And I'm just trying to grab the pieces because I don't know what's going to happen next. But can I tell you that God does so much in the unknown Can I tell you that there's things that God can only do in your life in the unknown that he can never do anywhere else? In the what ifs? See, in the unknown, you go to that next slide. Just a few points. I just think this is what God does in the unknown. This is what he's done in my life. In the unknown, 
Dependence is required. You will never depend on Jesus like you will in the unknown. You will never, never lean on him to the capacity that you will lean on him when you have no idea what's next. Dependence is not an option. Dependence is a necessity. When you need Jesus, you need Jesus. Especially in the unknown. It's like I said, driving through the frog. The other day, I drove from the fog from Stockton, and there was a truck in front of me. I stayed so close behind that truck with his flashing lights. And Vanessa's like, you don't want to pass the truck? I said, nope. Because I don't know what's in front of the truck. I don't know what's going to happen in front of the I was so dependent on the... I said, truck, you're going to get me home. You're going to get me home. You're going to get me to Lathrop. All I got to do is roll down the windows to see how it smells at night, and I know I'm getting close. I was dependent on that. And, and if you are in a season in the unknown, can I tell you that you have to be absolutely dependent on Jesus? Your relationship with God cannot be in question when you're in the unknown. Mary at the present moment, Mary at the current reality that we're reading in Luke had to make a decision to say, I am going to be absolutely dependent on who Jesus is. I'm going to be absolutely dependent on who God is in my life. It is required. Your faith is tested. I love, I love when Pastor Eric talks about testing. It's good. We should bring that back again. We, we'll, we'll, do a, we'll do a throwback sermon. No, I, I do because I, I just think people don't like to be tested, especially when you're out of high school. That was like part of being grown, right? How many, I still get nightmares that I'm like, I woke up and I have to take a final in the morning. Also, I was a procrastinator in high school, so that's why I still get nightmares. I'm like, oh, I have, I, a paper's due. And I'm like, I'm, t I'm, I'm older. Like, it's fine. I'm a grown man and a paper's due. <laughs> you, have to, you, you have to get tested because the only way people are gonna know that the thing inside of you that built is solid is if you're tested. The thing that God's gonna let you go through tests because your family, he wants your family to see that you're the real deal. It's not to, it's not to make you suffer and to burden you. It's to build you. It's to sustain you. It's to create a witness and a light in you. It's, it's so that way you can show people who Jesus really is. It's like what Peter says, reeds get tossed to and fro by the wind, but you, you'll be constant. And so you got to get tested. You know what happens in the unknown? Your character gets developed. I know that for sure. You have to grow whether you like it or not. You have to grow in Jesus whether you like it or not. The thing inside of you, your character, your integrity, the real you has to develop because no one's looking and you have no idea what's going on, but it gets developed. You know what happens in the unknown? Intervention is necessary. I love this. God has to show up or it's not gonna happen. Can I tell you that you know you're in a season where God's growing you and developing you is when you know that Jesus has to show up no matter. If he doesn't show up, it, it's not going to break through. It's not going to take place. Amen. And the transformation's inevitable. And so Mary is pregnant, and God begins to, even though she's probably scared of what's going to happen next, God's like, I'm going to do something in the unknown. 
I'm going to move in the unknown. I'm going to get rid of all the what ifs in the unknown. And I'm going to begin to develop you. I'm going to begin to test you. I'm going to come through in a way I've never came through. I'm going to transform you from the inside out. I'm going to heal your heart. I'm going to heal your marriage. I'm going to heal your family. I'm going to move in a way you never thought I would move. And I know it sounds weird and I know it sounds crazy, but if you would just say yes to me, even if you're scared, if you would just say yes to me, maybe God's calling you to do something you never thought he would have you do. But if you would just say yes to him, watch what God does in the unknown. It's because the unknown, the unknown forces us to give up control. I think a lot of times Jesus is just finding opportunities for us to surrender. I think we think God's making our life complicated, but actually Jesus making, is making our life simple. Because when it's complicated, we think we're in control. So God will take the control out of our life so we can simply follow him. Because when Mary chose to have this baby, Nothing else mattered except having the baby. It was simple. It might be complicated on the outside, but in a way for Mary, this is all I'm going to do. My last point is this, and if the worship team could come up, it'd be great, is you will serve what you fear. I don't know if you know this, but you will serve what you fear. Whatever, whatever, whatever you fear in your life, and I really want to land this point. I really want to get this in. Whatever you fear, whatever you're scared of, you will serve. You will give priority to. And Jesus doesn't want you to fear the things that you fear. The only thing he wants you to fear is fear him. The fear of the Lord is, is one of the, the greatest things you and I can understand. There's a book actually by, by, a, by an author named Joy Dawson. It's a really intense book uh, title. It's called Intimacy with God by Understanding the Fear of the Lord. Isn't that the longest title ever? <laughs> Intimacy with God by Understanding the Fear of the Lord. But it's so true. There will never be a level of intimacy you have with Jesus until you understand that I fear him. Pastor Matt referred to this, I think, about a year ago. You preached on this topic. And, and I want to reiterate it because it's so true that in this moment, Mary cannot fear the unknown. She has to fear God greater. That her fear and her love and her affection and her relationship with God has to be greater than the fear in her life. Than the fear of what people are going to think. The fear of what's gonna happen next the fear of I don't know the next step but all I know is that Jesus is greater and so what does Mary do Mary says the last verse father or angel your will be done on my life that's how it ends isn't that so cool it says, may your word be filled. Thank you. May your word be filled to me. May your word to me be fulfilled. Let what you said happen. You know what's so cool? Her son who ended up being Jesus, 
said the same thing 33 years later in a garden. And we've been talking about legacy. We've been talking about what your kids will do. We've been talking about God doing something for years and years to come. You want your kids to fear God and serve God, you got to fear God and serve God. It's just that simple. If you think, I want my kids to find an amazing spouse, I want my kids to find an amazing wife or husband, I want my kids to serve Jesus, I want my kids to pray for people, I want my kids to love on their family, I want my kids to do all these things, God's going to begin to send you situations now for you to put it in you so that way they can catch it. Because years down the road, Mary doesn't know this, but her son is going to say the same thing she just said. And in this moment, God is giving her an option. He's saying to her, will you fear me greater than the fear of the unknown? Will you choose me over the fear of the unknown? I know it sounds scary, and I know it sounds difficult, and I know it doesn't make sense, but if you trust me, and if you choose me, I promise you, you will do all the things I called you to do, and I will do something amazing in your life. And if you in this room or watching online can catch this, that if you are struggling with knowing what's next and you've been in a season of fear has controlled your life, I would challenge you this, family, that if you would let Jesus just intervene, if you would choose him, even if it doesn't make sense, and say, God, I don't know how, I don't know when, I really even don't know why, but I'm going to say yes, Jesus. I'm not going to let fear control my decision-making moving forward anymore. I'm not going to let shame and fear and intimidation control what you want to do in my life anymore. I'm not going to let fear control my family. I'm not going to let fear control what I do. I'm not going to let fear dictate who I am. Jesus, you're the only one that can do that. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.